Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Ched. All right, how are you doing tonight? It's 8.07 Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Oilers home to Toronto. Start of a six-game homestand for the Oilers. Leafs, Jets, Ducks, Wild, Avs, and Sens will be the opponents. We'll have them all for you on 6.30. Ched, uh, Bob Stoffer, Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the window this evening. Kellen, how are you doing, buddy? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm enjoying the show as always. Well, I enjoy hosting the show. Hopefully people enjoy listening to it. Uh, We have talked about a lot tonight, talked a little Maple Leafs, talked a little uh, Oilers forecheck, lack of it, talked a little Oilers defense, had a couple Oilers fans urging patience, had another transplanted Montrealer telling Oilers fans it's time to turn their back on the team until they're better. People didn't like that, by the way. Yeah, I've, I think I've, I'm in the majority of people that, that wouldn't like that comment either. So, <laughs> uh, But I'll keep my opinion to myself here. Well, let's read a couple of texts here before we bring in J.C. Sherrod. Greg says, Edmonton is lucky to have an NHL team. Greg says, I would rather, or I would rather watch the Oilers lose than watch no NHL at all. And uh, this person says, as a former Winnipeg resident where we lost the Jets, it's important to support the Oilers here. Blair says, your texter from Montreal needs to wake up and quit being from the entitlement generation. By that, I mean whiny. We love our team. We will always love our team because it's our team. I've lived here for 40 years and cheered for this team since I was five. Fewer was my hero and the reason I played goal for 15 years. I don't understand flip-flopping what team you cheer for. You're a fan through the good and the bad. What about the Canucks fans? They've never won crap, and they still cheer. That is from Blair. Blair, representing Edmonton and putting down Vancouver at the same time. Uh, Bubba says, hey, Reed, maybe the Oilers should have the negative Nellies who are calling in tonight strap on a pair of skates and have them practice with the team for 10 minutes. Maybe they'd see how hard it is to play when you're not watching from the armchair with a beer in your hand. That is from Bubba. And uh, <laughs> I, love, I love this guy. <laughs> if there's ever a texter that I would want to meet, and trust me, there are many that I wouldn't want to, those those texts don't get read from the, the the textures that frighten me. We we just pretend those don't come in. Uh, <laughs> this text says before I say who it's from. I don't think the Oilers care enough about playing for each other. 
They don't have enough pride, and losing is starting to be just another day at the office. Do these players interact between games? Are they friends with each other? There is something going on besides the actual game that keeps these players from coming together as a team. Signed, Yakashev's mother, Olga. <laughs> because we had a uh, we had a brief female-themed texting segment. Right. And Yakashev, who is probably, well, I, I don't want to, because there's some pretty good guys. Yakashev is on a very short list of the most entertaining texters. I think he actually wrote that, not his mother, Olga. But you that, think? That's very funny. What? <laughs> uh, this texture says hey Reed invite the Montrealer to your nacho party now we're going to have to organize a nacho party for the summer the, the thing is though there are a lot of stuff things that I say that never happen <laughs> as I'm sure people have noticed remember we were going to go do the show in Mortonville yeah that was that was one Yeah. no, no. I did say we should, we should go do the show at Claire Drake Arena we have done that a couple times a lot yeah. closer than Mor- Mortonville and probably easier to organize than a nacho party. Though what I could do some night is just go to Brewster's and just tweet out, okay, I'm at Brewster's until 11. Once three of you get here, we will order nachos, and then anybody else can come. Yeah. Is that creepy, though? Uh, to me, when I, when I said it out loud, it sounded kind of creepy. No, it's not <laughs> hey, any as creepy. I'm sitting at Brewster's waiting for <laughs> listeners to eat nachos with me. It's not as that cre- sounded kind of sad. Right. It, it's still not as creepy as getting, like, you know, and, and you're on Facebook, so you get this probably all the time, as I do, too, uh, inv- an event invite from somebody who you haven't talked to in, like, a year or two years to their birthday. And say, so, yeah, come on down. Well, I haven't talked to you in two years. What am I going to talk to you about What if I see you in person? Well, they want to reconnect. That's not creepy. That's lovely. I find it creepy. They're reaching out to you, Kellen Kennedy. No, that's creepy. <laughs> the force, it's calling to you. Let it in. Okay, now that's creepy. Uh, 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. All right, do we, we, have, uh, we do have JC. Perfect. JC Sherritt, linebacker for the Edmonton Eskimos. Remained a free agent for one day. Resigns with the Eskimos today. JC, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's good to talk to you, and I'm glad I'm talking to you as uh, a member of the Edmonton Eskimos, as not as somebody who went to Saskatchewan or Calgary or one of those other places that have <laughs> have, have teams. Sir, <laughs> how are you feeling about the decision to stay in green and gold for a couple of more years? Oh, I feel great. Uh, honestly, it's it's kind of just a relief going through this last couple of days for it to be over and knowing that you're going to a city that that you love and that's the second home to you uh, and really the only other city that i know like that in, in canada so it's it, it it's a good feeling all right so this is going to be uh you joined the eskimos what so in, in 2011 so you would have been like, I guess, probably 22, 23 at the time. What, what, do you remember anything about a first impression of, of Edmonton or something that you saw that kind of still sticks with you as a first image or memory of the city? Uh, probably Commonwealth Stadium, honestly. Um, the classic American had no idea what the CFL was about or Edmonton in general. And then to get to the size of the city you know, how much bigger it was than I thought, and then to see how beautiful Commonwealth Stadium was. It just kind of, uh, you know, was was a good surprise after good surprise when I got to the city. 
All right, so you, di you didn't know. You, you thought it could have been like a 7,000-seat high school. <laughs> like you, you totally weren't sure, right? Yeah, I, just, yeah, I, had no, I didn't know it was a, as big as it was. You know, I just had no concept of uh, – and obviously now our coverage is so much better uh, back home or down here in the south where now people get to see the product and how great the fans are. But at that time, you know, I, I really had no clue. JC, no, be honest. How long had you lived in Edmonton before you went to West Edmonton Mall? Uh, let's see, training camp. So it would have been one month after I got there because as soon as training camp was over, we all went out there. All the guys went out. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so, all right. So is that is that one of the – did you know about – what you must have known about West Edmonton Mall before you moved here. Is that is that what people talk about the city when you grow up in the States? Yeah, we, you definitely have heard about that. I think we actually had the board game growing up. Um, so you kind of uh, you kind of got a grasp on that, but to see it in person, obviously, it's pretty spectacular. And um, I still remember going to my first Oilers game, um, which you know now, obviously, I where I'm from in the country, they don't even play hockey. So another thing that I wasn't very much into. And now, after five years with Mike Miller, all we play is NHL video games against each other and, and go see the Oilers play. So it's been a transformation, to say the least. So how knowledgeable do you consider yourself about the sport of hockey now? Uh, you can't ask me trivia on players because I'm, I'm pretty good but not great. But as far as rules, I'm really good on rules because I'm great at the video game. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Eskimos linebacker J.C. Sherrod joining us on, on Inside Sports. Um, I, I think you're a guy that the, the fans embraced pretty quickly, too, just because of your work ethic and, and your hustle and, you know, you went on to set the, the tackles record and all that kind of stuff. Was there a point where you started to notice, oh, geez, I think I might be kind of a popular player? Do you have a realization like that? Uh, the first time I saw somebody with my jersey on was – you know, a very cool moment. My mom was actually uh, in the stands, so she's stalking this person, taking pictures of him. Um, but, you know, to see that, and then when we had our fan day, especially after my first year, um, to see the support was, it was unbelievable to me. Um, I didn't know it was at that level. And, you know, it's, the CFL is so different because uh, our, our player to fan interaction is, very normal and that's an everyday thing out on the street or just saying hi to somebody and um, it's something that I'm very grateful to be a part of and um, obviously being an Edmonton and being an Eskimo it's one of the bigger perks of being a part of the organization. All right so so give me some insight here it's uh, it's JC Sherritt's day off and I know you don't get a lot of those during the season but you're often here in the summer when the weather is better are you uh are you White Ave? Are you downtown? Are you River Valley? Are you take the dog to the park? How's J.C. Sherritt spending a, a nice summer day in Edmonton if he has his choice? Uh, well, last year I lived really close to White Ave. And so I'm just praying it's, it's one of the really cool festivals on White Ave because there had to be six or seven of them. That, and I enjoyed every one of them. So a perfect sunny day off is walking down White Ave. Maybe grabbing a bulldog at Julio's. I don't know. You know, it depends on the day. 
and then uh, you know enjoying one of those great festivals they got going on there. Well, it's interesting the stuff you're bringing up because clearly um, you haven't been shy about becoming an Edmontonian. Like you, you called it your second home. You know, s- some guys might play somewhere and that's it. It's it's just business. Clearly, you've made an effort that while you're here to actually live here and and be part of what's going on. Yeah, I, I love the city, and it's helped, you know, having Ryan King, um, our long sniper who grew up in Edmonton. So I have, I got, like, the inside details, too. I got the local side. So I, I get to know all the little nooks and crannies and the perks and, and just how cool the city can be. Um, and it's it, it's been a joy for five years, I can tell you that. All right, so what's one thing that you did or were exposed to that, that really that really surprised you about living here? Hmm. I would say, okay, this would be it. Uh, I went and trained with a buddy at, the, at just a training facility in Edmonton, and there were hockey kids practicing shots. And they were ripping shots like ten-year-old kids. They were ripping shots as hard as I'd ever seen. <laughs> and then I, I got got out and tried to do it, and had at least ten or eleven ten-year-olds laughing at me. And that was impressive to watch the the skill level of those hockey players that were just local kids playing. Did they know who you were? Yeah, they did. Um, but you know, of course, I was with Mike Miller and Corbin Sharoon. And they both are Canadian, so they could they could rip hockey shots too. And so they also enjoyed laughing at me trying to <laughs> oh jeez trying to send that thing down there. <laughs> okay, well you you clearly have have been exposed to the, the, to the hockey culture and embraced it, so that's pretty cool. Uh, JC, just a couple more before I let you go. L- let's talk um, football a little bit. Uh, I, I mean, free agency did start yesterday. You mentioned your fan support. You had a lot of nervous fans. Can you give us any, and I know it's a delicate question, but can you give us any insight to weighing other options if, if how strongly you might have been looking elsewhere? Um, well, you know, I, I'm not going to name teams, but you, you have to be prepared once you get a, go into free agency just because it's, it's a very, very crazy sport. Um, crazy things happen all the time, so you, to go in unprepared would just be foolish. So, you know, every offer and every team I talked to, I just had to evaluate everything from the organization to the city, um, proximity to where I'm from, how the players get along with each other. You know, you just have to constantly be evaluating because you got to hope for the best but always prepare for the worst. All right, and the entire coaching staff – has changed. It doesn't often happen on on championship teams. Uh, I mean, you're you're what what was it like for you, kind of sitting back, going through the Grey Cup celebration in the week or two after, but yet seeing Chris Jones move on and and the other coaches move on. H- how did that sort of process for you? Uh, it, it was tough. It, it's tough every time you lose a coach or a player. Mm-hmm. You know, they they did a huge, huge amount of things to help me with my career and obviously help this organization and team. But at the same time, it's it's 100% a part of the business. It's not the first time I've seen a coach leave. And that's when you just got to fall back on, luckily, having Ed at the top of the helm. We knew he was going to write the ship. 
um, which he did, bringing in the the new coaching staff and guys we believe in, and um, you know, you move forward and you move forward together. All right. Well, they're moving forward with you in the lineup, uh, signed through 2017. That is great to hear. JC, thanks so much for making time for us. Thanks for talking about uh, your best of uh, Edmonton. I know you're looking forward to another summer here, so really appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot for having me on. Good stuff. That is Eskimos linebacker J.C. Sherrod. Of course, they also retain John White, the running back who missed the whole season. Otha Foster, Ken Dial, Lawrence, and Shamad Chambers all go to Saskatchewan. Kenny Stafford has gone to Montreal. You'll hear a little bit from Eskimos GM Ed Hervey when we get back. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Kellen Kennedy, we have an incredible text message All right, that I'll read right away. First, Ed Hervey on the status of negotiations with defensive back Aaron Grimes. Grimes is right, right now is um, patiently waiting Chad. for an NFL opportunity. Um, I think he has a couple of teams that are um, inquiring, and uh, he's going to take his time with that. We've been in contact with him as well, uh, and he's another player that right. you know we, you know, we have very great confidence in what he's telling us and communicating with his agent. And it's just a matter of if that opportunity comes, you know, he would like the opportunity to take it. All right, that's Ed Hervey. So we'll see what happens with Grimes. Kellen Kennedy, your mic is on, by the way, buddy. Well, you're talking on the phone there. Okay, no problem. Uh, it's okay. Uh, Ed Hervey also says that John White will be ready for training camp. We're very confident that he will start training camp. Uh, he's right on schedule uh, as far as his health is concerned. Uh, we expect him to be fully ready to go for training camp. And, um, you know, again, we want John to continue at the pace that he's on and not you know, not press it anymore because he doesn't have to really, uh, you know, get to the point where he's competing until training camp, but also be prepared and ready to go when the time comes. Good running back. Unfortunately, we didn't see him last season. I want you to listen closely to this text message, Kellen Kennedy. Okay. Hello. It's been far too long. I don't get letters anymore. I'm all done filming Aliens 3D and have free time now. Do you like wrestling by chance? <laughs> Signed, S. Weaver. <laughs> That's great! All I gotta say, Sigourney, is if you're listening, why do you have your people screen out my letters? That's all I gotta say. That's it. Oh, that's that, we're bringing back an old reference. <laughs> that, that's ancient. <laughs> Somebody remember, though. That is awesome. Uh, all right, I, I want to get to a little more Ed Hervey, more text messages as well. Oh, and speaking of things from previous shows, we're going to catch up with some old friends of the show who play a very unique sport, and they're doing something pretty cool. That's all in the final half hour. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Thank you, Mr. Riley. Great Cup MVP, voice of the Oilers and the Eskimos, 630 Chet. My name is Reed Wilkins. Game tomorrow, 530 face-off show. It'll start at 7. The Oilers against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs are 29th in the league. They're only ahead of one team. That team is the Oilers. Raptors down three points with five seconds left against Minnesota. 
The Red Wings beat the Senators 3-1. The Canucks lead the Coyotes 1-0 after the first. The Rangers shut out the Penguins 3-zip. Your scoreboard courtesy of Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call 310-GLASS today. You can call me, 780-496-0063. The text line is 630-630. This text says, Hey, Reed, why are you always ignoring me? Have you been to Beaver Lodge? They have a 20-foot beaver monument. you got to see it. Anyways, call me, Reed. It's mess. The moose. Call me. Those commercials are awkward. Yeah. Are they still on? No. <laughs> Probably for good reason, too. <laughs> they were on quite a bit. Yeah. The Messier-McDavid uh, commercials. All right. We got so many texts earlier, I want to catch up. Uh, hey, Reed, lots of heavy lifting remaining for the Oilers roster to start winning. Need two different defensemen to play in the top four. Probably another five or six different guys for forwards. Likely two of the f- four first overalls will be gone. I could see that happening. But then again, I don't know what they're going to do with Yakupov. He's kind of confounding. Uh, Dr. Slevel, I think, is this one. I hope I'm saying that right. We Oiler fans keep trying to build the 80s team again, but Hall isn't Messier, McDavid isn't Gretzky, Schultz isn't Coffee. Hall is Hall, McDavid is McDavid, and Schultz is terrible. We need to build a team with a new formula. Well, I've, I've always said that, that I don't like the comparisons to the teams of the past. It's just, it's too different. It, it's, it's too different. Let, like, yes, let McDavid be McDavid. Let Hall be Hall. Those days, I mean, even if the Oilers get really good again and win Stanley Cups, it's never going to feel exactly the same, right? It's, it's, the teams aren't going to be made up and perform the same way. This texture says the Oilers are so one-dimensional right now. If the opponent can stop the rush, the Oilers can't seem to score any other way. I agree with you, Reed. We need some good forwards. Need some more resilient forwards, I think. They still have to be able to put the puck in the net. They just might have to try to do it a little differently than some of the current guys do it. Oh, we had a caller earlier texting about Hall at center. And I had a couple guys reminding me they tried Hall at center when Nugent Hopkins was recovering from surgery and it didn't go well. That's true. Wasn't he with Ryan Smith and Alish Hemsky? Yeah. Wasn't it that, that year? Yeah. I forgot about that. Maybe, well, maybe it's good I did. Sam G says, Reed, to me patience is very important at this time since we all know how bad the Oilers have been. But then I guess no one will want to hear that. Things will get better for sure, and I feel that for first time, the management is not going to be pressured into doing any kind of trade because all of us are crying. Chicago were the worst team years ago, and now look at them. So the tide will turn around eventually, relax, and give the team a bit of a break because they have improved compared to the past years. That is from Sam G. Yeah, it's it's a vital time for Peter Shirelli. Because he he's right, the Chicago Blackhawks were once kind of a laughingstock. They had a 10-year run where they won one playoff game. The Oilers are on the verge of a 10-year run with zero playoff appearances. Um, they won a draft lottery, Chicago did. They got Patrick Kane. They got Jonathan Taves at number three when he was probably should have gone number two, right? Or even number one. Um 
so Chicago then successfully built around those guys. They hit home runs with Keith and Seabrook, certainly. They got a solid goaltender in Crawford. I guess Niemi was the goaltender for the first cup. They have a good coach, and, and they've kept those guys together. I, I think what is I, – I, I would caution, though, against feeling like that it's, it's really close because of McDavid. Because I, I, I don't think it is. Um, I mean, the team, hasn't Im- the team hasn't improved in the last five years. Real, how, what year is this for Hall? This is Hall's sixth year, and they were last the year before he was drafted. The Oilers basically have not improved – in seven years, they're, they're going to, I don't know where they're going to finish this year, probably in the bottom five, maybe in the bottom three again. So they'll have been in the bottom three, what will, what will it be, six of the last seven years, and the other year they were 24th. I mean, that's, that's really bad. So it's not steps you make up overnight, unfortunately, and it's not steps you make up just because you have Connor McDavid. Now, I'd still sooner have Connor McDavid in this process than any than anybody else because I, I, I do think he's going to be excellent. And I know somebody texted me that said I was jinxing the Oilers last week by saying McDavid had a good game. He texted and said, see, Reid, you did jinx him. Well, I guess you got me there. But I do think McDavid will be... I mean, McDavid's been in on half their goals since he came back from injury. 7 out of 15, Right. They might not have scored the last two games if not for McDavid. So the thing is, is is building the right type of team around McDavid and identifying who the guys are you really want to go forward with. And I think if you identify right now a core of a team, it doesn't have to be more than three or four players. I really don't. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not saying you can just change everybody overnight, but... If, if you want the Oilers to copy what Chicago did, then they're going to have to make some really, really smart decisions. And specifically Peter Shirelli. I mean, he's, he's at the helm. Uh, clearly there are some players from the previous management that Shirelli didn't like. I mean, Klinkhammer and Gazdick were up here, I think, just because of the injuries. And now they've been pushed down to the minors. He clearly didn't like Scrivens. Nikitin, obviously, you know, Fane's been pushed down in the lineup a little bit. So it's I, it's not Shirelli's team, but I think he's going to take a big step towards making it his team in the next eight months. And, and that's going to be really interesting because I was fine with this being a, an evaluation year for Shirelli to kind of assess, think, see how guys play out under, under McClellan. Um, I do believe it's important to be patient, but I don't think I will be as patient with Shirelli a year from now, if that makes sense. We got Gene on the line. Hey, Gene. Hi. Uh, the thing I'm thinking is, with all these banner raisings, glory day uh, aspects, maybe these kids are getting a little bit intimidated by all that. If you see what I'm saying, right? Every year, like you said, uh, Hall, eh? He has number four, right? Kevin Lowe's number. Don't you think there's a certain level of intimidation there? 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess, I mean, I guess you have to ask yourself if you join a franchise that has been successful in the past, does that become a a burden, or does it just become something where okay, it's in the past, I I, I don't care about it. I, in my mind, Gene, I don't think that's had a huge effect on this current edition of the Oilers players. I do think that some of the younger players um, have had maybe too much thrust on them too soon, but I don't I don't think personally I don't I don't think that's tied into the past. I mean I mean, well, did you don't did mind did me saying, Reed, uh, I see a certain level of uh, Toronto. Orthoitis going on. What's how's that? Uh, what have you done for me lately? You know, like they haven't been in the they haven't won a cup in what forty odd years. You know, yeah, and they're always being compared to somebody in the past. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I I don't know. I I mean, did it stop Brett Favre from being good in Green Bay because he was compared to Bart Starr? No. Like, I think if you can handle it, you can handle it. Given, given. I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking. Sometimes maybe we're just putting a little bit too much pressure on these kids. Uh, yeah, I, banner, maybe. I mean, pe- raisings, people. How many banner raisings has Taylor Hall gone through? Uh, well, just say there hasn't he. Was he there for any other ones? I can't oh, remember. I think he was there for quite a few, actually. Well, I've, I've been going, I've been covering the games in person for five years, and the only one I've seen is the Sather one. So maybe there were, maybe there was one before that. Gene, thanks oh, a lot for calling. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Quickly, Dave says, "How many years does it take to realize that you can't win by only addressing your top six and ignoring goaltending and D?" The answer, one more year, like always. That is from Dave. Uh, Dave, I know what you're saying. I, I think you probably know that I, I, I thought Shirelli did pretty well with Talbot. I think at least he's a he's in a mid-range goaltending bracket. Uh, but you're right. they got to address some defense here. You know, in hindsight, maybe Yak, the Yakupov first overall pick was one to trade and move down and get a defenseman. Thomas says, did you mention that Toronto beat us with a rookie goaltender last time? Is that our plan for the Leafs? I don't think that Brassois will play tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he gets at least a game on the homestand. I do think they will stick with Talbot tomorrow night. 8.45. We can... uh, Does Don want to talk? Okay. And, Kellen, if you can line up our next guest as well, because we got to bring one more guest in as well. But Don called in on the open line, so I'll get him in. Hey, Don. Hey, Reed. How are you? I'm doing quite well. That's fabulous. So, hey, okay... So we're looking at this like, okay, so the Oilers have been rebuilding for, for a little while now. Let's just be honest. They've rebuilt the uh, the front, obviously. Now they got to work at the back completely. Well, I mean, and I know this is going to be totally two different related, kind of related topics. Look at the Eskimos. They lost the coach. Now half the players have gone with them. Well, they're going to have to rebuild too. You know what I mean? It's just it's the way sports goes. You're not going to get that perfect player every time. Well, no, that that that's true. I mean, the the difference is, is the Eskimos are coming off a championship, and the Oilers are coming off numerous low end finishes. But but I know what you're saying. You're always well, you're always trying to get better. Right, but they 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 started out like like, like let's go back to 2006. They almost freaking won the cup. They yes. were one game short of that. Yes. 
right? And ever since then, it's been a downhill slide. Correct. Right? But then it's like, okay, so yes, the Eskimos win the Cup. But look at all the players we lost. Look at all the players that went to Saskatchewan. At this point, honestly, and I was saying this in my head earlier, you might as well call the Saskatchewan Rough Riders the Edmonton Rough Riders. <laughs> yeah, the Edmonton Rough Riders at the rate it's going because they're taking three-quarters of our team. Well, they took the entire coaching staff. They only took three players, Don. <laughs> Okay, well, the point is, they still <laughs> took a good chunk of I, our team. I know, I know what you mean, and I can tell that you don't like that you don't like the Riders, so you're probably not alone there. Um, I, I just, hey. I just think the Oilers, they, 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 they got to, Shirelli's got to identify who he wants to build around. The weaknesses are apparent. It's not easy to fill those holes. Um, that, that's true, but I mean, let's let's go back to last year, even. Uh, what was his name? Uh, was it Derek Roy there that was playing with the Akapop? Look what he did for the Akapop. Yes, but Don, you know what I think about that. I don't think that he should have been brought back. Okay. But, I mean, he brought out the best in him, right? True, but Yakupov has to find a way to bring that out himself, don't you think? True. I agree. I, I agree with you completely. And, I mean, like, like let's look at I, – I, I hate to bring up the sore spot of these weekend games – Everybody's on this hype. Oh, great! We're back in. We're back in in some sort of contention. You know, we might make the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, the weekend comes on. It's like, holy crap! What the hell just happened here? <laughs> yeah, well, they're not they're not consistent, and that's that's one of the big issues. Don, I got another guest to to get to, man. But thanks for calling, okay? No problem, man. You uh, have a great night, guys. Okay. All right, quick timeout, and then we're going to bring in Jeremy Goble. We're going to catch up with him. We've had him on before. He is with the Canadian Snow Battlers. You're going to find out what that is next. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. So the Raptors lost 117-112 in Minnesota. Canucks and Coyotes are now tied 1-1 in the second period. The Rangers blank the Penguins 3-zip. The Red Wings take down the Senators 3-1. Reed Wilkins with you. Wanted to catch up with these guys, uh, well, Jeremy Goble specifically, but he's part of a team called the Canadian Snow Battlers. Jeremy, thanks for rejoining me on Inside Sports, man. How are you doing? Great, man. Thanks for having us. Uh... All, right. All right. Now, the sport, if I remember how to say it, is Yuki Gasson? Yeah. That's it. Tell people uh, what that is because it's pretty unique. It's essentially an organized snowball fight with mixes of uh, dodgeball and paintball with barriers to hide behind mixed in. And essentially you get 90 snowballs to eliminate the other team or capture their flag. All right. So you're an Edmonton-based team, and you guys got what into this? It was like four or five years ago, longer? Yeah, we've been going for four. This is our fourth year going now. We've been playing for probably about six years now as a team. So we've had, we've got some good experience. All right. So now you're going back to the the World Championships, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. The World Championships are in uh, the tournaments February 20th, 21st in Tibetu town in Hokkaido at the Mount Shawashinjan. All right. So when are you guys leaving? Uh, we're leaving on the 16th of February. So right away, okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah, right away here. Now, how many times have you been to this tournament? Uh, this will be our fourth year there. Now, last year, didn't you wind up doing quite well? 
Yeah, last year we did the best we've ever done, and we ended up 18th out of roughly 130 teams. So that gave us a world rank of 87th overall. Wow, okay. How many How many other Canadian teams are there? Uh, there's one that we know of coming out of uh, Saskatoon, and that's it. Okay, so there aren't a lot of people in Canada doing this. So is it no. is it huge in Japan? Is that the yeah, the center yeah, of it? Okay. Yeah, it's huge. They they have tournaments kind of year round in some areas. They play in the sand or indoors, just to wherever they can get a chance to play. I guess. All right. Now, where do you guys train when it's not snowy out? <laughs> um, yeah, one of our members has an acreage, and we even in the. If there's no snow, we're outside training. We had a practice last Saturday in the wind. We practiced when it was minus 25 outside. It, when there was still no snow, it didn't really matter. We just wanted to be outside. Okay. So how many people are playing at any one time? Uh, there's seven people on the field at once. There's four forwards and three defense. And there's a blue line which the forwards cannot come back past. So the defense, their main goal is to roll snow and provide the snowballs to the forwards to hit the other guys with. All right, is there video of this on your website? Uh, yeah, there is, yeah. There's footage of us at, uh, on all over the Internet, I guess, at canadiansnowbattlers.ca, and then on our Facebook page as well, there's some some footage of us from Japan. So It's okay, so canadiansnowbattlers.ca if people want to learn more about you guys. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jeremy, I wish you all the best. Thank you for uh, the update. I, I know I got to spend more time with you uh, last time, but I, I know Terry reached out and, and said, you want to do an update? And I was like, absolutely, because it's very unique what you guys do, and I know you work very hard at it, and uh, it's obviously a fun thing, but I, I, you take it pretty seriously. So all the best in Japan, and please let me know how you do when you get back, okay? Hey, thanks a lot, Reed. No problem. Thanks for having us on, and we'll for sure keep you posted. We'll try to make everybody proud out here. Right on. That is Jeremy Goble checking in. Canadian snow battlers. It is really cool. I'm glad I got to meet these guys. Uh, CanadianSnowBattlers.ca. The sport Yuki Gassen or Yuki Gassen. It said, uh, and yeah, it's like a big competitive snowball fight and once you see the video of it it's it's actually pretty neat so i wanted to give those guys a little bit of love all right thank you for tuning in tonight you have heard from jeremy goble from jc sherritt from pat steinberg from joe bowen from the maple leafs broadcast booth thanks to everybody who called and texted really good conversation again tonight always a pleasure talking to you rob brown and i will do overtime open line after tomorrow's game so feel free to reach out to us then as well uh, somebody asking if Connor McDavid is going to leave the Oilers next summer. Uh, no, he can't. He's an, he'll be an RFA after his third year, and then he'll be an, an Oiler for at least well, what he can't go anywhere until he's 25, right? Correct. Yeah. Or, or so yeah, don't don't worry about McDavid leaving in the short term through free agency. I think that's Brian texting that in. Kellen Kennedy, great job tonight as the studio producer. I'll give you a few minutes to catch up with Sigourney Weaver there. <laughs> Thanks, Reed. Uh, Dave Campbell currently away, but he is the producer of the show. Sid Smith is the executive producer. Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. 5.30 is the face-off show. The game against the beloved Toronto Maple Leafs is at 7. Thanks for listening.